five steps to becoming insanely, spectacularly, wildly successful or whatever by Mark Manson. Step one, ignore every step-by-step system for success, including probably this one. Look, I know you want to be that big badass with the sweet-ass house and all the fancy letters after your name, but let's be honest for a second. Insane, spectacular success is achieved by doing something exceptional and extraordinary. To achieve something exceptional and extraordinary, you must, by definition, do something that few or no other people are doing or willing to do. Therefore, wild, insane, spectacular success can only be achieved by actively going against what others have done and or believing you can do things that others believe they cannot do. Therefore, anything that can accurately be codified into a step-by-step system on the internet is probably full of shit and not going to help you achieve this kind of success. Do you think Steve Jobs ever sat around Googling how to revolutionize how everyone communicates? Fuck no. Do you think Thomas Edison went to the library looking for books titled How to Build Things That Can Change the World? No, they got to work on things that felt important and things that few to no other people could conceive, much less think about. The problem with a lot of these paint-by-numbers systems that you come across in articles like these is that they suffer from what's known as narrative fallacy. The narrative fallacy is the human tendency to weave explanations of cause and effect into sequences of events that don't necessarily have anything to do with each other. For example, if you read a biography about Warren Buffett or Albert Einstein or Eleanor Roosevelt, you will inevitably spend much of the early chapters learning about their childhood. These early chapters are filled with cute and profound-sounding vignettes about their parents and their teachers and a series of events that quote-unquote caused them to later become the kind of genius that they were. There are two problems with this, though. One, whatever happened to little Albert Einstein, there were millions of other little boys who the same shit happened to. Yet, they did not become Albert Einstein. Two, Just because two events in a notable person's life appear connected does not mean that they are connected. The biographer connects them because they form a great narrative, not necessarily because they reflect reality. Think about it. For every event that makes it into somebody's biography, there are thousands of small private events that are, in some, likely just as influential, if not more, than what you actually see. Therefore, these narrative devices, while they make for great books and cute articles like this one, they don't actually help us suss out what drives incredible levels of success. If there really is a first step to achieving wild success, and there's probably not, then it would be this. Ask yourself, what is something critically important in the world that few people are aware of or not working on? Then, get to work on that. But understand that even that is no guarantee. Because, let's be honest. Our definitions of success are a bunch of fairy godmother made up bullshit. Oh yeah, I went there. Fuck your dreams, fuck your dreams with a cherry on top. Let's get real. Step two, understand that success is just something you and everyone else made up. It's not even real. Look, most of your dreams aren't really dreams. They're merely imaginative overcompensations for the feelings of inadequacy you are trying to avoid in yourself. People with an overwhelming desire for wealth or fame aren't motivated by the pure joy of having wealth or fame. No, they have a hole in their psyche that they're trying to fill with enough stuff to not make them feel so inadequate anymore. Maybe they got pushed into too many lockers as a kid. Maybe mom was an alcoholic and dad was never around. 
Maybe they always felt like the stupid kid in class and had that one teacher who was Satan incarnate. Whatever it is, none of us get through childhood without emotional scars. Or, if you're one of the lucky few who did, then please eat a dick casserole. Those scars cause us to see the world in a skewed, unbalanced fashion, as though everything is magically tilted against us in some imaginary way. They cause us to overestimate the value of things like sex or money or adulation or prestige to the point that our behavior becomes compulsive. These biases then cause us to suffer because they make us do stupid shit. Ultimately, our definitions of success become skewed based on this funhouse mirror view of the world. Daddy was always broke and spending his money at the casino, so you grew up with the unconscious overemphasis on money and material wealth. You feel like unless you bring down at least eight figures, then you're a broke, miserable failure and no one will love you. As a result, you screw your own grandmother out of Christmas money because interest rates are low and you can get a better ROI if granny cries herself to sleep at night. Congratulations, you have now become a grade-A dick casserole. We're just going to run with the casserole thing until it starts to get weird. And while it may feel like your definition of success as lots and lots of money is objective and reasonable, it's really just you plain make-believe in your own head. Plenty of people have definitions of success that have nothing to do with money. They lead happy and healthy lives. Many people who are rich feel as though they are miserable failures and that it's never enough. There's nothing inherently successful about money or fame or love or anything else. It's our minds that make it so. That's right. We each make up what success means for ourselves, and then we spend our lives measuring ourselves against that definition. And let's be honest. Most of us don't actually define success for ourselves. We simply adopt the definitions that are handed to us by our family, our environment, and our culture. When you're a kid, you see everyone around you obsessed with honor or prestige or education or self-indulgence, and you just kind of go along with it. Meanwhile, so many years go by that you forget that you just went along with it. You start to believe that this is how the world operates. This is what success is. And when you're confronted with people who have different definitions of success or people who point out all the ways that your precious little definition actually doesn't make much sense, well, it kind of freaks you out. I mean, if this thing by which you've measured yourself for so many years doesn't really exist, what the hell have you been doing all your life? That thought is often too much to bear. Step three, succumb to the existential despair that comes with the realization that your self-definition is completely arbitrary and self-invented. Most people resist this realization, that their definitions of success are made up and largely motivated by their emotional dysfunction. They resist it for a couple reasons. One, it potentially invalidates a lot of what they've spent most of their adult life pursuing. Two, it's really fucking upsetting to realize that the thing you cared so much about might not actually matter. And three, because if the things you spent your whole life caring about may not actually matter, oh, holy shit, what if nothing matters? Yes, coming to the realization that your definitions of success were simply arbitrary and made up by either you or the people around you can throw one into an existential crisis. Historically, most middle-class yuppies hit step three around middle age. So many have this experience in their 40s and 50s that it's become known as the midlife crisis. You spend your whole life defining success as a good job, a nice house, 2.5 kids, and a dog. You work 20 plus years to get there, and then one day you wake up and realize that you have achieved everything you ever wanted. Yet, you're still the exact same sloppy, smelly motherfucker that you were 20 years ago. 
You don't feel successful. You don't feel anything different. You still get just as annoyed and anxious as you used to. You still question and doubt yourself constantly. You still feel frustrated and insecure. It's just that those frustrations and insecurities have changed shape. Fuck all that work. And for what? What do I do now? When you ask this question, there may not be a right answer, but there certainly is a wrong answer. The wrong answer is way more of what I did before. A lot of people who have defined success as money their entire lives, hit middle age, wake up with a shitload of money, have an existential crisis, and come to the conclusion that the answer must simply be more money. This is how you end up with millionaires who live with a permanent emotional poverty, a sense that no matter what they do, it's never enough. Don't be this person. This never enough conclusion follows from pretty much every worldly definition of success. Money, status, prestige, fame, power, accolades. There will always be more to achieve. Therefore, it will never feel as though it's enough. It's like living on an extremely exhausting treadmill. Except that that treadmill is stuck on an elevator to hell. Step four. Eat some popcorn, drink a beer, you're going to be okay. When thrown into the maw of an existential crisis, it's easy to feel as though the world is coming to an end. This beautiful ideal that you spent so many years holding up as the bastion of purity and sanctity has fallen and revealed itself to be yet another illusion of your own fantasies. As a result, you feel directionless. You begin to question everything. You fall into despair. You feel as though there may be no point to anything at all. But then something happens. Life goes on. That bonus check from work comes through, and while you recognize that on some cosmic scale money is meaningless, it still feels kind of good. Birthdays come and go, vacations are still fun, that new show you watched with your partner was pretty awesome. Hold on a second. Life is actually, like, kind of good. Slowly but surely, you begin to realize that, wait, I don't have to define success to have a good life. And this epiphany is soon followed by another, more profound epiphany. I can adopt whatever values I please. And then your mind sets to work. What is your definition of success? What is the yardstick by which you will measure your life? For some, it becomes some ideal. Being a good parent, having integrity, practicing honesty, treating others with dignity. For others, it's a perspective. Success is being fully engaged in appreciating each moment as it arises. There is joy and excitement to be found in any experience and success is choosing to orient oneself towards it. For others, the definition becomes incredibly mundane. Waking up and going to work each day, cooking meals for friends, being a nice person. And amazingly, these mundane definitions of success somehow seem more effective than the ambitious world-changing definitions of your old self. They are easily achievable, they are enjoyable, and when repeated indefinitely week after week, year after year, incredible things start to happen. Step five, focus on what matters now. Great achievements happen not through constantly shooting for the moon, but rather doing what feels most significant and important in the current moment. Let's return to the Steve Jobs example for a moment, a paragon of what most would consider wildly successful. Jobs didn't sit around thinking, what will make me as famous and successful as possible? No, he got to work on devices that would improve his life today. The focus was on solving day-to-day problems for people, a lot of people. Scientific breakthroughs often happen in the same way. 
as Thomas Kuhn discusses in his famous book, The Structure of Scientific Revolutions, the biggest breakthroughs in science rarely come from veterans within the academy. That's because scientists who have built their career and prestige on the current paradigm of understanding are less likely to challenge it. The biggest breakthroughs come from outsiders, people who have no career or prestige, people like Einstein, who look at the current assumptions and simply say, what if this wasn't true? What could be a better explanation? What we generally perceive as wild success after the fact typically begins as something small, unexpected in the moment. And as Jobs once said, while we can always look back and connect the dots, at the time the way forward is never clear. Ultimately, people who adopt terrible definitions of success usually do so because they are trying to give their life a sense of meaning and purpose. But, it turns out, the way to give your life a sense of meaning and purpose is to simply engage with the problems of the now, to work tirelessly on what stimulates and excites you today, without lofty visions of what prestige might exist for you in the future. Because not only is this a more emotionally healthy definition of success, but it's the definition that actually gets shit done.